Well, good morning. It's great to be here. Uh, I was here, we were here about, I can't remember exactly, it's like four years ago or so, uh, in the room next door on uh, <clears throat> Jason Garcia's invitation. Uh, so <laughs> it's going to be back. It's going to be back. Uh, today, uh, I want to look at some scripture rooted um, in Genesis and Hebrews 11 and the story of um, Abraham and Isaac. If you're not familiar with that, we'll walk through it here a little bit this morning. Uh, before I get started, though, I want to introduce my wife, Sharon. Uh, we're here uh, together. Fortunately, we can be together. So I'm always glad when she's able to be with me. Anytime I get a chance to speak somewhere else, it's just, it's just, just goes better when she's around. It just goes better when she's around. I'll leave it right there. I'll leave it right there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this, this scripture verse is, uh, verses are so critical um, to us as Christ followers, um, as, um, as really foundational to our faith. And as we look at this, I, I, I want to just kind of use this phrase as we get started, is God will never tempt you, uh, but he will test you. God will never tempt you, but he will test you. He'll never tempt me, but he will test me. The Bible says if I'm, if I'm tempted, it's my own desires, my own lust. Uh, maybe Satan also. Uh, occasionally Satan, usually me. You know, uh, but God will test. And we see in this scripture verse that God is going to test Abraham. He's going to test Abraham. And I know right now, uh, Peninsula Hope is going through uh, a lot of changes, a lot of transition. Uh, some might say some testing. Any, 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 any witnesses in the room? A little bit of testing going on. Um, and, and so we'll see, uh, we'll, we'll see how uh, Peninsula Hope goes through the fire here a little bit, right? this test you're going through. Uh, but every one of us individually and as families uh, and maybe as uh, local communities of faith will go through testing. We'll go through testing. And God does testing for several reasons, I believe, in my humble opinion. Uh, but, the, but the main reason is, is so that we know where we're at in our faith. He already knows. But for us to know where we're at in our faith. And uh, so Abraham's going to kind of find out where he's at. And let me just read the scripture verse uh, to start out. And I'm going to go to Hebrews accounts of Abraham and Isaac, and then I'll work back my way to, uh, to Genesis. But here's what the word says in Hebrews 11, verses 17 through 19. Uh, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice he who had embraced the promises, he who had embraced the promises, was about to sacrifice his one and only son. If you're not familiar with the story, Abraham was given a child of promise by God. His name was Isaac. And through his lineage, through his seed, would come ultimately Christ, who would be a blessing to all nations, who would be a blessing to all nations. So even though Isaac was a child of promise, Abraham was willing to still sacrifice him um, by faith, by faith. Um, and, and so it goes on to say, verse 18, even though God had said to, to him, to Abraham, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Uh, verse 19, Abraham reasoned. Okay, I, I don't know if you can repeat things here or you do it very often, but everyone say the word reasoned. I like faith and reasoning coming together. For me personally, it's the way I'm wired. So I love this. Abraham reasoned 
that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. So Abraham was willing to listen to the voice of God, even if it meant sacrificing his son Isaac, because he believed, he reasoned that even if he sacrificed him, God can bring him back from the dead and continue on with the lineage of uh, Abraham's seed ultimately to Christ to be a blessing to all people. Now that's some serious faith right there. All right. I mean, I, I like to believe I've got a little bit of faith. Uh, the good news is all we need is the, the size of a mustard seed. Right? It's all you need. And, and the Bible says that that little bit of faith can, you know, with God can move mountains. But in this situation, this is some serious faith here. Abraham is reasoning that God can bring him back, uh, Isaac back from the dead. Even if he obeys the voice of God, sacrifices his son, God will bring him back from the dead. Um, so I'm going to walk through a few verses here that talks about God testing us. And the first one is going to be in uh, Genesis 22. I'm going to read a little bit of that. That's kind of the foundation of our story here. Uh, but Genesis 22 talks about when, when God asked Abraham to test uh, God tested Abraham in sacrificing his son, in, in the request to sacrifice his son. So let me read this to you. And again, it's in Genesis 22, 1 through 14. Here's what it says. Um, sometime later, um, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and I love Abraham's response, that here I am. <laughs> here I am. I mean, we, we can't escape from God, right? Anyway, so here I am. Uh, he replied. And then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood from the burnt offering, he set out for a place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with a donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. So we will worship and then we will come back to you. Uh, verse six, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire um, and the knife. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, um, Abraham, father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Now, perceptive child, <laughs> where is the offering? Something really important is missing here. Uh, Abraham answered, um, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And I got to believe Abraham is looking for the out. He's looking for the provision. He's looking for anything but his son to sacrifice. He's a loving father. He doesn't want to sacrifice his son. He wants to be obedient to God, but he doesn't want to sacrifice his son. So verse 9, uh, when they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, same response, here I am. He replied, I do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me 
your son, your only son. Have, have any of you here received like a, a, a just in time response from God in your life? <laughs> just in time, right? The last moment possible, God delivers on his word or on his promise or provision. And that's exactly what's happening here. The very last possible moment. Verse 13, Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram um, caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. And I believe God's a God of provision. God wants to provide for you. He wants us to have what we need here on this earth. In fact, Jesus said, if you put him him, his kingdom first, that all the things you and I need, God will provide for us. He's a, he's a providing God. That's, that's in his nature. It's who he is with his children. But God will test us. We see here in Genesis 22, some other scripture verse that talk about testing in Psalms 26. The Bible says, test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and mind. Im implied here was an understanding that uh, the, the psalmist here serves of God who will test him and he'll test his heart. And that's a good prayer, by the way. Father, expose what's in me so that I can be pure, so you can purify me, so I can have a pure heart, pure motives here on earth. Proverbs 17 says, the crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord will test the heart. Goes on in 1 Thessalonians here, it says, on the contrary, the Apostle Paul speaking, on the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. God is a God who will test us. He'll test our hearts. Uh, Hebrews 3.8, the writer says, Do not hearken your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. We know the Israelites, when they, when they left Egypt and they were out of slavery and they were heading to the promised land, they were tested for 40 years in the wilderness because of a lack of faith. And then in 1 Peter 4.12, Peter writes these words, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal, the, the testing, um, the, the, um, well, they were being um, persecuted, if you would, but don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as if something strange were happening to you. So Peter actually saw this, this um, persecution, this testing as normative in the Christian life, as normative in the Christian life. Now, the next point here on the outline simply says faith only works with actions. We know that Abraham was considered righteous because of his faith, because he was willing to um, sacrifice his son Isaac, though he was the child of promise. He was willing to do it, and Abraham's actions led to him being a man of faith who pleased God, who was a friend of God. So faith only works with action. Faith only works with action. I know in my marriage with Sharon, um, she loves to hear when I tell her I love her, but what's more important to her is showing her I love her. Any, can anyone relate to that? She wants, she, wants to, she wants me to demonstrate through my actions that I love her. 
Hebrews eleven seventeen again, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. So by faith, and he offered. By faith, he offered. By faith, he offered. His faith was coupled with action. It was coupled with his works, if you would. In James chapter 2, uh, verse uh, 14 on, uh, well, 14 specifically, it says this. Uh, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Classic question, great question. Coupling faith and action. Works can't save us, but works are the evidence that we're saved. I hope that makes sense. Uh, works will never save you. Uh, you can't earn right relationship with God, but works are evidence that you are in right relationship with God. You are in right relationship with God. So let me just read a little bit of James here. Um, chapter 2, verses 14 on. Uh, it says this, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by actions, is dead. Not nearly dead, not kind of dead, but 100% dead. No life whatsoever. Verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God, good, even the demons believe that and shudder. <clears throat> my, my vernacular translation of the word good is whoop-de-doo. <laughs> right? Whoop-de-doo. Uh, you believe there's a God, whoop-de-doo. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Uh, goes on, verse 20, you foolish man, uh, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is uh, useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did? when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see that his faith and his actions were working together. They were coupled together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. Man, don't you want to be called God's friend? I would love that, that, uh, that title, that relationship, that type of intimacy with God. He goes on, uh, verse 24, you see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone, faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deed is dead. And there's a reference there to the creation narrative when God created Adam out of the dirt and then he breathed life into him, his breath, the spirit of God into him. So faith only works with action. Abraham demonstrated that even in the midst of great testing, his faith stood in the midst of great testing. That's my encouragement to you today, that your faith will stand strong, even in the midst of your testing right now, that God will deliver. There will be hope at Peninsula Hope. There will be hope at Peninsula Hope. Number three here on the outline, faith and reason are compatible. I mentioned earlier, I love the fact that Abraham reasoned that God can raise Isaac back from the dead. 
of faith and reason are compatible. And there's that first there, Hebrews eleven nineteen. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. That word reason simply means um, it's, it's underpinned by logic or good sense, logic or good sense, rather than on an appeal to people's emotions. So faith and reason are compatible. Christians don't leave their brain at the door when they walk into church, right? Are we all in agreement on that, right? We bring it, we, we, are, we are functioning. God's given us a brain, it's given us a logic, reasoning, and we can combine that with faith and live the life God wants us to live. That word compatible just means two things are able to exist or occur together without conflict. So faith and reason can exist uh, without conflict, which is a beautiful thing. And that word, uh, that compatible, some synonyms of that is just harmonious, like instruments, like a good orchestra coming together. It's harmonious, agreeable, um, companionable. Uh, this kind of reminds me of, a, as, as you mature in in, in Christ, and mature Christians understand this. They can that we can walk hand in hand, even if we don't see eye to eye. Right? That's maturity. That's maturity. Uh, mature marriages understand this. Mature marriages understand that they can uh, not necessarily see things all the. Sarah and I see things very differently. Uh, but as you mature, you understand that you can still be compatible, even though you don't see things always the same way. Uh, I, I, I love this phrase, uh, the key to a healthy marriage. Here, here's, my, here's my little two-cent marriage counseling for the day. Uh, the, the, the goal, at least for me, and, uh, well, for me, I don't, I don't want to speak for Sharon, but the goal for a healthy marriage for me is that each, 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 each spouse is what I call half happy. All right, That's the goal. Half happy is the goal. She gets kind of what she wants, sort of. I get what I want, sort of, or mature enough to handle that, uh, to give, to sacrifice, uh, and we're half happy. And so that's kind of the key. There, there's marriage counseling for the day. Anyways, uh, ma married couples who are healthy and mature, Christians who are healthy and mature, they understand that love is sacrificial. Love means we don't always get our way. Every now and then we do, we don't always get away, and we can still walk hand in hand even though we don't see eye to eye. Faith and reasoning come together. This little phrase, phrases I like to use, um, reason without faith can lead to arrogance. Faith without reason can lead to ignorance. And faith with reason will lead to obedience. Let me re repeat those things. Reason without faith can lead to arrogance. Faith without reason will lead to ignorance and faith with reason will lead us to obedience the same way Abraham was led to obedience. I want to uh, read this last verse here and then pray for you. Hebrews eleven nineteen. one one more time. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. I want to encourage you today that um, God wants you, and you already know this, but just, just, a, just a confirmation, if you would. God wants your faith to be strong, immovable, trusting Him at this time. He wants you to know that, uh, he, he wants you to have the same faith that Abraham had. He wants you to have that type of faith, the faith that Abraham had, that you trust God, you reason with God, that even though things maybe it, it don't look 
like um, you want them to look, or I want them to look, or Jason wants them to look, or whoever wants them to look, your elders want them to look. God has a plan, and you got to trust him in the plan. And even if things don't look um, in an ideal way, you can have faith and reason to believe that God will do a miracle and continue to allow Peninsula Hope to bring hope to the peninsula. Will you stand up? I'd like to pray for you here today. Uh, Father God, thank you so much. Uh, for each person in this room. God, thank you so much for everyone online, Lord Jesus. God, I'm so grateful for these words in the scripture about Abraham and then the faith that was demonstrated during great, great testing. And Father, I pray that that faith will continue to rise up here at Peninsula Hope with each individual who calls this place home, calls this church home, Father. And God, I pray that you will allow your will to be solidified and continue here. Give the leaders wisdom, give them direction, and God, give them your confirmation in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen, amen, and amen. It's been great being with you. God bless you guys. God bless you.